Hey, City Church, it's so good to see you guys online today. Today, we're going to be continuing our study of what the scriptures say about mental health matters, because mental health matters. And today, we're going to focus our attention specifically on anxiety as a mental health issue. And that's partly because mental health research tells us that anxiety-related mental health issues are the number one issue for women, and it's the number two issue for men just after substance abuse. In fact, that report tells us that uh, anxiety-related mental health issues cost us over $300 billion per year. Isn't that amazing? In both medical bills and in lost productivity. And this mental health issue uh, isn't just for adults. Uh, One psychologist tells us that our students and kids are struggling with anxiety-related mental health issues. In fact, one psychologist reports that today the average teenage kid is experiencing the same level of anxiety as adult psychiatric clinic patients did in the 1950s. So students, I want to say to you that that anxiety that you may be feeling, it is real, but I also want you to know you're not alone. Now, if you remember last week, I talked to you a little bit about my, my own family's history and struggles with mental health issues. You know, my, my family has struggled with mental health issues like nervous breakdowns, depression, panic attacks, and tragically, even death by suicide. So mental health matters to me. It matters a lot. And I suspect that many of you may have seen the report that came out just this week where Dallas Cowboy quarterback Dak Prescott got open and and real about his own struggles with his mental health. He said that when the pandemic first began and we had the shelter-in-place order and everybody was having to quarantine, especially people like him, he said he began to feel something that he had never felt before. And he said that uh, he began to notice that he was feeling anxiety. He was feeling anxious about life. And he said as his anxiety began to grow, he began to have trouble sleeping. And he said over time, he could feel that it grew into a full-blown depression, especially after his own brother Jace tragically ended his life in suicide. He was very down. In fact, he said he got so depressed that he didn't feel like getting up. He didn't feel like getting out. He didn't even feel like working out to get ready for the season. Now, sports news and social media, their response to Dak Prescott's admission, frankly, disappointed me. Now, there were, there were many who were encouraging toward him and were supportive of him, but there were also many who criticized him and were negative to him about opening up about his mental health issues. They felt like opening up about his struggles with anxiety and depression, like that made him some kind of weak person and that it made him a weak leader for the Dallas Cowboys. And what that tells me, what that tells me is there is still a stigma related to mental health matters. I mean, think about it. Would we say the same kind of criticisms if he had opened up about a physical health matter, like, you know, that he had an injury or that he had cancer? Of course not. It's ridiculous. And so I want you to know, if you are struggling with some kind of mental health matter, I want you to know my heart uh, goes out to you and, and City Church is here for you. 
In fact, that's why we're doing this series. This series is for those of you who are struggling with some mental health matter. It's also for those of you who have a loved one who is struggling with a mental health issue. And it's for those of you who maybe you would say, you know, Pastor Brent, I, I feel mentally healthy. And that's great. I think this series will also help you maintain your mental health. But above all, my desire is that this series will remove any stigmas about talking about your own mental health, especially within the church. I mean, oh my gosh, church ought to be the safest place where you can get real about your struggles, where you can get real about how you really feel and what the thoughts you are really thinking. And so I want you to know, City Church is that kind of safe community. You can be honest with us about what you're struggling with, even if it's a mental health issue, and we will not judge you. We will come alongside you and we will help you in your journey toward mental health no matter where you are now. Okay, so let's start first with a review over some of the principles I talked about last week. Now, last week I mentioned to you uh, uh, the dynamic mixture that makes us up as human beings. And if you remember, I said that as we looked at one of Paul's scriptures, he talked about how we're a mixture of spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit is your innermost being. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And then your body is your body, and, you know, and your five senses and, and your brain. And the reason we said that was significant is because you cannot separate each part of who you are. It, it's all together, which means as you're pursuing mental health, you can't do so apart from the other aspects of health. You know, your physical health, your emotional health, uh, your spiritual health, your relational health, they all go together. And if you remember, we also said that means it's important to take advantage of different people who have different expertise in different ones of those areas. So like for the, uh, the physical aspect, it's important to, to let psychiatrists and medical doctors play a role in pursuing mental health. It's important to let psychologists and counselors play a role in your mental health. And I think pastors and priests and prayer team members, we have a role to play in helping you move toward mental health and mental healing. And that is what we're going to do in this series and with what I want to say to you today. Now this week, we're going to explore some more practices. We talked about one key practice last week. We're going to explore some more practices to help you gain and maintain mental health. And this week, we're going to focus on some practices that help us all wrestle with those seasons when we struggle with anxiety. Now, I've been honest with you guys over the years that there have been seasons in my life where I have struggled with anxiety, especially back in my 20s. I mean, it was really hard. And though I got to a place of peace back then, you know, honestly, with all that's going on in our country and in our world recently, I have to be honest, I've been struggling with some anxious thoughts again. And maybe you have too. Maybe your, your anxiety is related to a financial kind of anxiety. Maybe you've lost your job or you've lost hours. Or maybe your industry, the industry that you've gone into for, you know, for your life and for your career, maybe your industry is tanking and so you have some financial anxieties. And then maybe yours is health anxieties because, I mean, we're going through a pandemic. And maybe you're concerned about your health or the health of loved ones. And then maybe some of you are wrestling with more like relational anxieties. You know, th this kind of season can sometimes bring out the best, but sometimes it can bring out the worst in people. And so maybe you're having some relational struggles and that's caused anxiety. And then 
I know for those of you who are parents of school-aged children, oh my gosh, what you're going through right now. Not only are you trying to be a, you know, a spouse and a parent, but you're trying to be your child's IT person and your child's uh, teacher and your child's child care worker. And then if you have a job on top of that, then you're trying to do your job from home. And I know that this season may have brought some anxiety into your life. And so I want to ask you a question. How are you feeling right now? Do you feel weighed down with worry? Do you struggle with like irrational fears that seem to be controlling your thoughts? Are you wrestling with anxiety and the feelings of anxiety? Well, today we're going to look at a word that Paul gave the apostle Paul, one of the leaders of the first church that he gave to some believers in his day who were also struggling with anxiety. So let me set up the scene. Paul is writing to the believers in the ancient city of Philippi, which is located in modern-day Greece. And these believers were wrestling with anxiety. And he's trying to encourage them to feel joy and to feel peace in the midst of their anxiety. They, in particular, were experiencing anxiety because they were facing religious discrimination and even persecution because of their faith in Jesus. And Paul could very much identify with what they were feeling. And here's why I say that. Because Paul himself, as he wrote this letter, was imprisoned for his faith. Literally in chains as he is writing this letter. And so he writes to these believers wrestling with anxiety. And this is what he says. This is Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. He says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God. Okay, so let's acknowledge the obvious. Paul is writing to believers who are struggling with anxiety. And that should tell us that it means it's okay if there are seasons in our life where we struggle with anxiety. It doesn't make us a, a weak follower of Jesus or you know immature spiritually. It's just to be expected. But then Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. So what is he suggesting? I mean, doesn't that sound like a little bit of a simplistic response to a very complex feeling? Is Paul really saying, okay, you should never, ever, ever, ever be anxious about anything ever? Really? And so as I, as I was studying for uh, this message and how to unpack Paul's words, I came across someone who I think got, got to the essence of what Paul was saying. And he's a, a pastor and author Max Lucado, and he wrote a book called Be Anxious for Nothing. And in it, this is how he interprets Paul's statement there. He says, the presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. It's the life of perpetual anxiety that Paul wants to address. Don't let anything in life leave you perpetually in angst. Okay, so Paul Paul is not reprimanding us uh, when we feel anxious in an anxious situation. That's not what he's doing. Instead, he's actually acknowledging that we likely will become anxious at times. And then he's calling us to respond to our anxieties when we feel them by praying our anxious thoughts to God. Did you catch that? He's encouraging us when we feel anxious to pray our anxious thoughts to God. And when we pray, 
What we're really doing is we're being honest with God about what we're feeling. We're being honest with God about our our anxieties and our anxious thoughts. And then we're lifting them up to him. And when we turn to God with our anxious thoughts, this is what we're doing. We're acknowledging that we're feeling anxious about situations or relationships that we can't control. And by turning to God in prayer, we're trusting God with those very circumstances and relationships. And we're saying, God, I know I can't control this issue and it's making me anxious, but I'm trusting you with it. I'm giving you my anxious thoughts and I'm trusting you to be in control. And as we lift up our anxious thoughts to God, notice what happens in us. This is Philippians 4, 6, and 7 now. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Here, Paul is calling us to make an exchange in prayer. We exchange our anxieties for God's peace. And we do that by lifting up our anxious thoughts to God and trusting him with him. And then what what God promises is as we lift up our anxious thoughts to him, he will give us his peace. And his peace Paul says we'll guard our hearts. That's our emotions because let's all be honest, when when we're struggling with anxiety, we feel negative, life-sucking thoughts. And he says it will guard our minds because when when we're anxious, normally we're thinking negative, life-sucking thoughts. And the peace of God allows us to get beyond the negative thinking and the negative feeling to a place of peace. And then did you notice that Paul says... God's peace transcends all understanding. And that means God's peace is otherworldly. That means God's peace does not depend upon your circumstances. And when God gives you his peace, it will give you peace in your mind and peace in your emotions, even in the midst of a challenging circumstance or relationship. And so Paul is calling us to enact prayer, to pray our anxious thoughts over to God and to allow him to exchange our anxieties for his peace. Then Paul, in the very very next verse, gives a second spiritual practice that will help our mental health. This is Philippians 4, verse 8, where Paul writes, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, catch this, think about such things and the God of peace will be with you. And here, once again, Paul reminds us that we can choose what we think about. This is where I'm going to go back to last week. Last week, I taught you the principle of taking every thought captive. And so we can take negative thoughts captive and anxious thoughts captive. And instead, we can choose to think positive thoughts and peaceful thoughts. And so here, Paul is calling on us to choose to think good thoughts, not to let negative thoughts run wild within us. He's calling on us to think positive, life-affirming thoughts instead of negative, life-sucking thoughts. And when you choose to think these true 
and good thoughts, it does something in your mind. It, it actually transforms your mind. And Paul says that when you choose to think about these good things, these good thoughts, these true thoughts, then the God of peace is with you. And when the God of peace is with you, you will feel peace. Now, this is where I want to turn for just a moment to talk about the science behind what goes on when you practice these principles Paul is talking about. Now, last week, I mentioned a book by Dr. Stoop called Change Your Mind, uh, no, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. And Dr. Stoop is a clinical psychologist. He's a Christian as well. And he's done extensive research on what goes on in our brains, both the physiology of it and then how that impacts what we believe and how what we believe impacts how we feel and how we act. And what he's discovered is that you can actually retrain your mind from thinking negative, anxious thoughts to thinking positive, true, life-affirming thoughts. And one of the practices he mentions, which, now this is a review, I talked about this last week. One of the practices that Dr. Stoop talks about in his book is a practice that's, that the, the medical field, the psychological field calls focused attention. And he says it's very good for your brain. And this is what he says about it. He says that we live in an age with short attention spans. People's minds wander if they are not stimulated constantly. This lack of being able to focus attention, that's the, the principle, to focus attention works against our brain's health and our being able to retrain our minds. And then Dr. Stoops points to the ancient uh, spiritual practice of meditation as a tool that actually helps us focus attention and that it's very good for our brain, it's very good for our minds, and therefore for our feelings and our emotions. And so meditation is simply a spiritual practice where you focus on certain words or phrases or ideas or truths or sometimes even on images or, or metaphors. Uh, the scriptures are filled with many positive life-affirming images and metaphors. And in meditation, you focus your thoughts. You choose what you think about and you think about those words or those phrases or those ideas and that creates like a belief system within you. And, and as you're focusing on those thoughts, the true thoughts and the good thoughts, what Dr. Stoops' research shows is it actually creates these little chemical pathways in your brain, which then allow you to think in those pathways instead of the negative, uh, the negative and anxious pathways that you may have been thinking before. And, and when you do that, it gives you the ability, when you're able to focus your attention, it gives you the ability to find freedom from the negative, life-sucking, anxious thoughts that often lead you into depression. And so right here, I want to get super practical. I know that was sort of science-y. I like to throw the science in uh, just for my friends who are a little bit you know, skeptical of Christianity. This is where science, I think, backs up what we're talking about. So now I want to get really practical with you. How do you get these two practices in your life? And so I was very fortunate early in my journey of following Jesus that my spiritual mentor taught me how to get these two practices in my life in a routine I call having a God time, a God time. And so in my God time, I set aside about 10 to 20 minutes a day. And, and when you do this, you need to get alone, some, some, some time when you can be alone, somewhere where you can be alone, and where you can be in silence. So turn off the TV, turn off the music, 
Turn off your phone unless you're using it to read the scriptures. And then begin with scripture meditation. Get the truth in your mind and in your heart. So what I do is I read through a portion of scripture and then I try to notice a word or a phrase or maybe a, a, an idea that is true. And then I, once I've read my portion of scripture, I, I just sit there in silence and I just keep repeating that word and that phrase. And I just allow my mind to focus on it. I choose to think about that truth, that idea. And it calms my mind. And, and then I begin to think about the implications of that truth for, for my life. And it shapes my belief system. It, sh it shapes what I believe about God. It shapes what I believe about my relationships. It even shapes what I believe about me. And so uh, scripture meditation uh, really gets your mind focused on what is true and what is good. And it is good for you. And then once you've done that, then what I do is that I, I then pray my anxious thoughts to God. And that's where you have to be brutally honest with God and just say, okay, God, these are my anxious thoughts. This is what I've been worrying about. This is what I've been fretting about. This is what I've been fearing. And just begin to pray your anxious thoughts to God. And some of my friends like to whisper their prayers. They just sort of whisper them out loud. One of my good friends likes to go for a walk in the woods and actually pray out loud. Uh, I like to, many times I either whisper pray or I actually write my prayers out in a little journal. Just, it helps me to focus my mind, again, on what I'm praying. And then if I could be honest, sometimes I don't know what to pray. I know what I'm feeling, but I don't know what to pray. And so sometimes I will actually pray prayers written by other people. And so what's cool about that is our uh, City Church San Antonio app actually has another app that you can download where you can get the whole Bible on your phone for free. And it has reading plans for the scripture meditation part. And it has prayer plans as well. And in fact, during this pandemic, I've been praying through a plan called Praying God's Truth Over My Fears. And it's been very encouraging and enlightening for me as I wrestle with any anxious thoughts I have. And so I'm asking you, Get, this, get these two practices in your life. Begin to have a God time. Set aside a time and a place where you can regularly uh, uh, focus on the scriptures through scripture meditation and where you can pray your anxious thoughts to God and lift up your request to God. I think it will help uh, your relationship with God. I think it will help your relationship with others. And I think it will help your own mental health. And then next, after Paul talks about praying anxious thoughts and, and choosing to think good thoughts, he then moves from a, a, like spiritual practices and he presents a mindset. He teaches these believers about a mindset that you can learn. And so uh, this is Philippians 4, verse 11, where Paul writes, For I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret to being content in any and every situation. Okay, so the mindset that Paul is talking about here is contentment, contentment. And the Greek word that is translated contentment there literally means an internal peace unrelated to external circumstances. In other words, contentment comes from within. Contentment does not depend upon your circumstances. You can choose to feel and think in ways of contentment. And in fact, this contentment, 
Paul says is something that you can learn. He says he had to learn it. And that tells me that contentment is not natural. Contentment is not like the normal way we think. Contentment is not the way we are wired. Let's just acknowledge most of us are wired to feel anxious when we go through negative circumstances. I think that's just natural. What Paul says is you can learn how to be content even in challenging circumstances. And he said that he learned the secret to being content. Okay. Well, Paul, what is the secret to being content in any and every circumstance? Verse 12. I have learned the secret to being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And here's the secret. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. That's the secret. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Would you say that with me? I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Paul learned that he could handle every situation, good situations, bad situations, by trusting in his vital relationship with the living God, by trusting in God and knowing that God was with him and loved him and that God had the power to influence his life. It gave him the inner strength to feel content in any and every circumstance. Do you believe you can be content in every circumstance, Paul is telling us we can actually learn this. We can learn how to feel content. And when you feel content in any and every circumstance, it allows you to exist with a unique aspect and mindset that brings health to your mind. It brings you to mental health. Now, Put together this, these spiritual practices and this mindset. I believe these will help you in your pursuit of mental health or in your pursuit of maintaining your mental health. But I do want to say a word to those of you who, if you could be honest, you're struggling with an extreme kind of form of anxiety or depression. It's overwhelming you. You're, you're feeling uh, the weight of it, the burden of it. Uh, maybe it's causing you to change the way you live in negative ways and you know it, you feel it. You know, it's like Dak Prescott talked about earlier. If that's true of you, I do encourage you to begin to practice <coughs> these spiritual practices and to be, learn this mindset. But I think that means you need to reach out for some help. I said this last week, but I'm gonna say it again. If you're feeling overwhelmed by your mental health matter, tell somebody about it. Maybe your medical doctor, maybe your spouse, maybe a close friend, maybe one of our pastors or a prayer team member. Do not go through this season alone. And you know, I, I'm so proud of Dak Prescott that he opened up about his struggles with anxiety and depression and that he, when he realized he was going through this depression, this dark depression, not only did he speak about it, he actually went and got help for it. And this is what he said in an article where he was interviewed after, you know, he got some therapy. This is what Dak said. He said, you know, mental health leads to the health of everything else. When you have thoughts that you've never had, I think that's more than anything a chance to realize it and recognize it and to be vulnerable about it. I think being open about it and not holding those feelings in was one of the better things for me just to be transparent about it. That even in my situation, 
Emotions and those types of things can overcome you if you don't do something about it. Man, he shows such wisdom and humility and character here. And please pay attention to the last thing he said. Those kinds of feelings and emotions, those kinds of things can overcome you and overwhelm you if you don't do something about it. And so I'm asking you to do something about it. Reach out for help. We are here to help you. Let's pray together. So Father God, right now I lift up those who are struggling with a mental health matter of some kind. And right now what I want you to do if you're struggling, right now just whisper any anxious thoughts that you have, any circumstances that you're feeling anxious about, any relationships you're feeling anxious about. Just lift them up to God right now. Just a whisper prayer. Just say a sentence. Just say a phrase. Yes. And so Father God, right now, we are lifting up to you our anxious thoughts. We are admitting in front of you that we feel anxious. And God, I'm asking you to give us a taste of peace right now in our hearts. Help us to feel your presence. Help us to feel your power. Help us to feel your love. And let that give us hope and courage that we can get through what we're going through. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.